Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here's a quick announcement. Our November heart-centered and passion-driven inspirations for better living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is now live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. November's theme is a celebration of gratitude and thankfulness. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO, of the family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our kitchen table conversation today, my guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest holiday release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Magic of Christmas, 101 Tales of Holiday, Joy, Love, and Gratitude. Good morning, Amy. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on during this holiday season. It is wonderful. Today, it's actually this month, right? It's our 10th anniversary. <laughs> I know. Can you believe we've been doing this for 10 years, talking about all our Chicken Soup for the Soul books? You sure have done a lot of reading in Chicken Soup for the Soul Land. Oh, no kidding. I tell you what, I'm a learned person now about Chicken Soup and inspiring stories. I love it, though. I really, really love the concept of Chicken Soup, and I love the various stories. And the book is so engaging and inspiring. And that brings us to the Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Magic of Christmas. It is a delightful, inspiring, and entertaining read. The thing about it is that it's perfect timing in helping us to get into the holiday zone. So congratulations for that. Yeah, if you're having a little trouble getting that Christmas spirit going, uh, looking at this book will definitely jumpstart the process for you. If you read a few stories, it will remind you of why you like the holiday season so much. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. There are a few stories that reminded me, not to say about Christmas, but there are special things that kicks in that uh, I'll share as we go into the show. <laughs> but please share with us Chicken Soup's plan for the holiday season celebration. So we... We just announced something fun for our employees. You know, in the Mm -hmm. summer, we have what we call Summer Fridays, where people can stop working at 3 o'clock on Fridays between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I thought it would be fun to do that again between Thanksgiving and New Year's. So we just announced that to our team last week. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that. It's nice to get off work early on Friday so you can start your weekends or do your Christmas shopping or whatever you need to do. And then as far as what we're doing for consumers, you and I have talked about the fact that Chicken Soup for the Soul has gone way beyond the bookshelf now, right? Mm -hmm. We're not Mm -hmm. just books. We have our pet food. And our biggest business is our entertainment business. And what's cool about that is that 
we are one of the largest providers of free streaming services. So you know what streaming is. It's like mm-hmm. Netflix, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Those are streaming services. Well, there's and those you have to pay for, but then there's free streaming services where you just watch a few ads over the course mm-hmm. of watching the film or the TV show, just like broadcast television where you watch ads, although fewer ads on our service. Well, anyway, we have a ton of Christmas movies. So if you go to Crackle, which is one of our free streaming services, or you go to our new one, the Chicken Soup for the Soul TV streaming service, you will see tons Mm -hmm. of fun Christmas movies, and you get to watch them all for free. You know, and a lot of them have that kind of Hallmark feeling about them if you ever watch Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah. You know, they're just, they're just great. I mean, they're just fun. A lot of them are kind of romantic comedies. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. They're fun to look at. Uh, so anyway, and then we just have all of our programming in general. But I think we're going to be a part of many people's holiday season because we have so many Christmas movies to offer them on Crackle and on the Chicken Soup for the Soul streaming service. That's wonderful. That really is. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like, you know, after a hot day's work, just to kind of chill out. I don't want to get into that intense movie. I, I, I want to have that romantic comedy or something fun, funny, <laughs> just to chill out and relax. Yeah, so if you go uh, to crackle.com, you can see what's on Crackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also is like a, an icon if you have a smart TV Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. the Chicken Soup for the Soul streaming service, you can access through Crackle or from the chickensoup.com website. Yeah. If you click on mm-hmm. the entertainment business, it will take you there. So anyway, yeah, we're excited about that. I'm planning to watch a bunch of those movies myself. <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, it's perfect. The weather is just chilling outside. So, hey, <laughs> perfect, perfect. So let's come back to the beautiful book. I love it. Does the book have other holiday stories in it? Um, Yeah. So we always make sure that we have a ton of Thanksgiving stories. Mm -hmm. And I know Thanksgiving is past already, but those stories get you in the holiday mood also because they're about family getting together and Mm -hmm. turkey disasters. And, (laughs) you know, they're, they're very heartwarming stories, sometimes funny also. Um, and then we always have stories about Hanukkah, mm-hmm. and we always have stories about New Year's. So we have a lot of the other holidays of this time of year besides just having Christmas stories. <laughs> Wonderful. I love the book cover. Is there a story behind this beautiful design? Well, a lot of people are saying that this is the prettiest Christmas book we've made so far. I and agree. we've had an awful lot of great designs. But yeah, people love this one. So if you go and you find this book, uh, and by the way, sometimes you have to really look for it. Like I know at Walmart, mm-hmm. which carries the book, now for some reason our, our books used to be at more like eye level, but I noticed mm-hmm. recently they're down low, and I guess somebody's books have to go down low. I just wish it wasn't <laughs> ours, but you have to kind of, really look on one of the bottom shelves, like the bottom shelf or the second to bottom shelf, really look mm-hmm. in there 
to find this book, which is predominantly a blue cover, and it's a nighttime scene, and you see Santa and his sleigh up in the sky, and then you see this beautiful wooden cabin covered with snow with yellow glowing light. And a lot of people in the office saw this and were like, if that was an Airbnb, I would go and rent it. It's so beautiful. And then we put a cardinal. We put a cardinal on the mm-hmm. cover. So there's a cardinal perched on a snowy branch, kind of looking at this beautiful glowing cabin. And the reason we put a cardinal is, yes, everybody loves red cardinals. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a classic winter bird. But also... Cardinals are really magical to a lot of people. I mean, we get a lot of stories from people where they feel that their deceased loved ones have communicated with them through cardinals arriving in their garden because and it, they just cardinals have a lot of meaning to people. Mm-hmm. So we put a cardinal on the cover as well. So it's a really rich cover. I mean, people tell us, oh, when I get one of your Christmas books, I put it out as one of my Christmas decorations because (laughs) they're just so pretty and Christmassy looking. So this one definitely fits the bill. It is. It's just very beautiful. And what I like about it is that it's perfect timing for right now with all the snow that we have. And to be honest with the book, this is what the image I had when I was in Malaysia growing up and how, you know, we all celebrate Christmas. Christmas is all around the world, right? And so when I look at pictures like this, is this is why I want to go to America. Uh-huh. <laughs> it has that sort of like something different, you know? You, you want to see something different, and it's beautiful, so beautiful. Let's talk about the royalty for this book. It's going to U.S. Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tart program. What other... 2022 Chicken Soup books have their royalties benefiting other nonprofits as well. So in addition to Toys for Tots, which we support Mm -hmm. with our Christmas books every year, and that means also our past Christmas books, if people buy those now, that's more money going to Toys for Tots also because it's not just Mm -hmm. the year it comes out. It will continue. And then this year we've also been donating a lot to American Humane because Mm -hmm. our last Six pairs of books about dog stories and cat stories have benefited American Humane. American Humane is the oldest animal welfare association in the United States, and they do amazing work, and we're really happy to support them in that work. When there's a natural disaster, they're Mm -hmm. out there. They mobilize their forces, and they're out there helping pets that maybe are in shelters and have to be relocated or they're helping to find lost pets. They're feeding pets that don't have enough food during times of natural disasters where even if they're still being cared for by their humans, they don't have any food to give them. They certify uh, humane zoos. They certify humane farming. They do a ton of stuff for animal welfare. Uh, We also support the Alzheimer's Association Mm -hmm. with our book, uh, about um, dementia and Alzheimer's, and we have also supported Dress for Success with our book about empowered women, and we also are supporting four different organizations that use humor uh, to help um, 
in the healthcare setting. So they're helping not mm-hmm. only the healthcare providers, but also the patients like clowns in pediatric mm-hmm. wards and uh, comics coming in. So we, we, we're supporting four different organizations through our uh, book called Read, Laugh, Repeat, which has been a big success for us. And there's more, but I can't even mm-hmm. remember them off the top <laughs> of my head. Well, that's the beauty of uh, chicken soup, though. That's I really like the idea, the concept of just sharing the, I guess the you know the the, the profits and helping others that can make it's what the what I'm looking for is actually the ripple effect of chicken soup for the soul, doing good things, and that's just simply beautiful. So I really love that. Please share with us the various chapters covered in this. Beautiful book, The Magic of Christmas. Okay, so the first chapter is about giving thanks. And I did put, you know, the the Thanksgiving stories in Mm -hmm. that chapter. Of course, Mm -hmm. if you're buying the book now to give as a gift for Christmas, it's really so that somebody can read it uh, next year also. So they'll be all set for Thanksgiving with our chapter called Giving Thanks. And then what happens after Thanksgiving? You put up the tree. So chapter two is called Tales of the Tree and just lots of fun stories about Christmas trees, Christmas tree disasters, getting the Christmas tree, (laughs) getting the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, having the tree fall down, losing the Christmas tree, donating the Christmas tree to somebody else, just all kinds of Christmas tree stories. And then chapter three is about making new traditions because, you know, sometimes you can't do exactly what you've done before, circumstances in your family have changed or whatever, and you can make new traditions that are just as enjoyable and enduring. And then chapter four is called Around the Table. And it's all about sitting around the Christmas table and inviting strangers to join you or people who have nowhere else to go. Um, And it's just all about family and community. Chapter five is called Getting Creative. And you'll get a lot of good ideas from that chapter about some fun things you can try this holiday season, creative approaches to gift giving or to decorating or to entertaining. Chapter six is called The Joy of Giving. And that's about the thing that we all really love the most about the season, right? What we all really love the Mm -hmm. most is giving the presents, not receiving them. Chapter seven is called Family Fun. And it's about a lot of, you know, fun kind of zany family activities. And then chapter eight is called Through the Eyes of a Child. And, um, you know, I didn't want to have a ton of stories about children because this is not like a children's (laughs) book or a parenting book. But I thought one chapter of particularly good stories about the holiday season through the eyes of a child would be good. And sometimes that wonder with which they see the holiday season is good for us to experience. Mm -hmm. And then chapter nine is called the perfect gift. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the perfect gift, you know, didn't cost a penny, but has really deep meaning. And so these are some really engrossing stories on that. Chapter 10 is called the spirit of the season. And it's just a bunch of fun stories about getting into the Christmas spirit overall. And then chapter 11 It's called After a Loss, because this is an important topic. If you've just had a loss, like I have, my father died um, 
a week and a half ago. Mm. He was almost 94 and it was expected. And, you know, one of those yeah. situations where it was a relief after years of dementia. But, right. you know, we're still going into the holiday season with this fresh loss. And a lot of people go into the holiday season having lost somebody. And mm-hmm. so we thought, let's have a chapter that will help people who are going through that. So we have a whole chapter with 10 stories about doing Christmas after experiencing a loss. And I think those will be comforting and mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll give people some good ideas about how to navigate the holiday season themselves after a loss. Yes, definitely. Please tell us about the term Santa Safe. What does it mean? So we know a lot of kids are precocious readers. And for those very young kids who are actually picking up this book and reading it, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we keep the magic alive. And so there is nothing in this book that would destroy the magic of Christmas when it comes to Santa. So that's why we call it Santa Safe, meaning a child can read it and there won't be any issue with ruining the magic of Christmas regarding Santa. That's beautiful. That's really awesome. Well, do you really believe that the holiday season brings out the best in people? Oh, definitely. I think it really does. I mean, it just kind of forces you to focus on giving, right? Because you Mm -hmm. need to find gifts for people. You need to entertain. You need to get together with people. You maybe send cards. You receive cards, and you kind of review who's special in your life. Everything's decorated, so even though it's cold (laughs) and it's dark, you've got the warmth of the holiday lights, and there's just excitement in the air. So I think it does bring out the best in people. Um, And, you know, if if you have a family situation where maybe the holidays don't bring out the best in people because certain people have to be together who aren't getting along so well these days, we Mm -hmm. have a book for that. It's called The Forgiveness Fix. You just go and you read that, you'll be all set for the holiday season. There you go. So true. Very, very true. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Citrus Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our hot-scented and passion-driven Inspiration for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for today is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Our kitchen table conversation is about their latest holiday release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Magic of Christmas, 101 Tales of Holiday Joy, Love, and Gratitude. Amy, let's talk about some of the stories in the book. I love the stories, but we've got some books, uh, stories that we picked out. So let's start with Chapter 1, Giving Thanks. And the one that I really like is A Recipe for Perspective by Diane DeAnda. So Diane really needed to find her gratitude uh, because what happened with her was that she got so focused on the task of creating the perfect Christmas that she really lost mm-hmm. sight of the larger, the larger perspective, the larger reality, as she said. And so 
she tells us this story about a Christmas where she was even more ambitious than usual. She made tons of dishes. <laughs> and so, you know, she had like side dishes, entrees, baked goods, and everything had to be ready at the same time. And that's always scary when you're trying to time everything to be hot and ready at the same time and then not dry anything out. It was a lot to coordinate, but she had planned it perfectly. And then everything was going perfectly and she was going to pull it off and everything was going to be ready at three o'clock, which was exactly when her son was going to arrive. She had one son living at home, but one son who had moved out. Well, then at three o'clock when her son was due to arrive, the phone rang and he was calling to say that he and his girlfriend were just leaving. And depending on the holiday traffic, they wouldn't be there for anywhere from 45 to 90 minutes. So Diane didn't say anything negative to him, but she was upset. She hung up the phone and then she kind of let it all out, venting to her husband and her other son. And then her son got angry too, because he had planned around his brother arriving at three and he could have been doing something else otherwise. Mm -hmm. And then while, Diane was watching her younger son get angry. She thought back to this Christmas in her family back in 1966 when her 19-year-old brother had just received orders to ship out to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And the family was celebrating Christmas and Thanksgiving with him in October because he wasn't going to be there after that. And then she thought about all the families who would have been overjoyed to have a son coming for Christmas, even if they had to wait an extra hour for him to come, because these are the families whose sons and daughters are, you know, deployed overseas Mm -hmm. in dangerous environments, maybe eating their Christmas dinner off a tin plate perched on, you know, a seat. And all of a sudden she felt very grateful that she had her son coming at all And so when her son did finally arrive, nobody said a word to him about being late. They all just felt this (laughs) new sense of gratitude that they could be together. So I thought that was a really good one and a really good reminder to adopt that larger perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, when little things happen that are annoying when you're going through the holidays, to step back for a moment and say, oh, I'm annoyed because I'm working so hard to create this dinner or to wrap these presents or to stand in line at the store to get this perfect present, but then step back and say to yourself, but wait, the reason I'm doing this is because I have all these people in my life who I love and who bring me so much joy. Why don't I focus on the existence of these people instead of on whatever task I'm trying to get done right now? Well, it's a beautiful story. It's sensitive, but yet it's very true because it's enjoying the moment and appreciating the people around us. And I think that's the big difference because it, as you had mentioned, you know, looking back in time, I remember I would have never dreamt about not seeing my mom for eight years after I left Malaysia to come to the United States to go to college. And as much as it is hot for me, I'm sure it's much harder for her from a mom perspective, right? And so it, it oh, just definitely. sort of like, <laughs> uh, you know, one can't even imagine. So so it's it's interesting, very interesting. So I'm glad you brought that up. Chapter two, Tales of the Tree. 
Christmas Sparrow by Veronica Codiron? So Veronica has a story about a very meaningful Christmas tree. In her case, first her house suffered through a flood. And then after the flood, eight months later, her house burned down. So she had nothing. And she had received a gift card for a restaurant. So she took her kids there for breakfast on Christmas morning. And then she was going to drop them off at her ex-mother-in-law's house. And the boys were really excited about all the good things that were going to happen at their grandma's house. And that just made Veronica burst into tears because she had nothing for them. They had no possessions. Their house had burned down. She couldn't even afford a tree, and that was what hurt the most. I mean, she said in her story, it's such a small thing to have a tree, but she couldn't provide that. So the boys were upset that she was crying, and she explained to them that she was upset that they would have no tree. And then her younger son asked if he and his brother could go and play the crane game. You know those machines they have in restaurants where you put money in and you operate mm-hmm. this crane and you try, to, you try to pick up a toy and drop it in the slot? So she gave them permission. Her son had a dollar that he wanted to put in the crane game. Well, he managed to snag with the crane a stuffed Christmas tree. It was about 16 inches tall, so it was pretty substantial. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it took them three years to recover from losing their home after it burned down. And that little stuffed tree was their official Christmas tree each year. And even after they were back on their feet and Veronica managed to buy a full-size tree, she put out that little toy tree every year just to remind them. Mm -hmm. And then 12 years passed and Veronica was remarried and everything was good, and she actually had just bought a new artificial tree that was $200. And then her husband told her about this young mother who was already struggling with four young children, and then her home burned down, and she had nothing. And when Veronica looked at her new $200 Christmas tree and also the new Christmas stockings that she had brought, she decided to give them to that family. She would go back to having that one little stuffed Christmas tree that her kids had gotten from the crane game all those years ago. So I thought that was a really beautiful story. Oh, it is. It is. I think it's something that when you're in the moment, then you realize how fortunate you are that you can celebrate and then you can pass it on, if that makes sense. You know, it's just... That's the beauty of in, in contributing to someone else's happiness, I guess, from that perspective. It just makes a big difference. Because the joy of giving, yeah, it's mm-hmm. the joy of giving that makes us all happy at Christmas time. I think we're all 100 times more excited about giving than we are about receiving. <laughs> yep, that's me. <laughs> Chapter three. Well, do you have a story that you really like in this chapter, Making New Traditions? Yes. So um, one of the things that happens to a lot of people is that because of deaths or divorces, you have to change your Christmas traditions. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can't get everybody together as easily as you used to, or you can't go to grandma's house anymore because grandma passed away, (laughs) or you've moved and you're not near any family. But for whatever reason, you need to create some kind of 
new tradition or some kind of workaround. So that was the case for Denise fleissner Ralston. She used to try to have everybody come over for Christmas dinner on Christmas Day. And it was really hard on her kids because they were trying to split their time between their father's house and hers. That everybody would be stressed and exhausted and the food would get cold. And it was turning Christmas into a burden for everybody instead of a happy occasion. And it was stressing Denise out because she was trying to prepare the food, didn't know when her kids were going to arrive, knew that her kids were stressed trying to give each parent some quality time. And so she decided that she was just going to simplify Christmas so it could be fun again. Mm -hmm. So she moved Christmas. She found another weekend when everybody could come and not be stressed and could just devote themselves to her, her new Christmas, which was not on Christmas. And then she realized how stressed she had been about trying to cook everything. And she decided she would just order everything from Chipotle, and thus was born Chipotle Christmas <laughs> in her family. And so every year, a week before Christmas or thereabouts, all the kids come, and they don't have to worry about visiting their father, visiting in-laws, whatever. They mm-hmm. all get together. She orders everything in from Chipotle. She orders the pies from a bakery, and they all have a really fun Christmas, and so that's her new Christmas tradition. Wonderful. That's really beautiful. And the camaraderie of the people that you have around you, that's what's important. It's not the timing or when or whatever it is, you know, and so that's a beautiful, beautiful story. I like in this chapter, Making New Traditions, My First Christmas by Sue Risman Sussman. I love the story. So we have a bunch of stories about, you know, celebrating Hanukkah and celebrating Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, Hanukkah starts the evening of December 18th and ends the day after Christmas. So it kind of coordinates well with the Christmas holiday. So Sue's family did not celebrate Christmas, and they didn't have a Christmas tree, even though she begged her mother for one because she saw all these Christmas trees in her neighbor's windows She just thought they were so beautiful and magical. But her mother said, we don't celebrate Christmas because we're Jewish. Now, a lot of people are Jewish (laughs) and do celebrate Christmas. So, Mm -hmm. you know, some Jews do celebrate Christmas anyway because it's fun, and some do not. But Sue's family did not. And then she didn't know what to do. She was just a kid. Like, she didn't know when they were singing Christmas songs at school. Should she sing along with her classmates? What about when the whole class made Christmas tree ornaments? What should she do? And then one Christmas, her grandfather, who was in a union, said that the union was putting on a big Christmas party for all the workers and their children. And he asked Sue to go to the party with him. And so she went to the party, and it was so much fun. There were kids racing around, and there were musicians playing Christmas music who were wearing elf costumes, and there were tables (laughs) covered with holiday cookies. And there were Christmas trees all around the room, and there were piles of wrapped presents, and there was this big chair in the center of it all. And you know who the chair was for. It was for Santa. And when he came in, (laughs) Sue got in line with the other kids, and she got to talk to Santa, and she received a gift from him. And what her grandfather said to her on their way home was, there's a difference between celebrating something because you believe in it 
and helping friends celebrate something in which they believe. So he was basically saying to her, it's fine to celebrate Christmas with your friends who believe in Christmas, and you can invite them to your house to celebrate Hanukkah with Mm -hmm. you. And that's just what she did. After that, she went to her friend's house and you know, she did Christmas at her friend's house. Her friend came to her house, and they did Hanukkah together. Her friend lit the Hanukkah candles with her. They played dreidel. So she realized that she could celebrate both holidays without not being faithful to her own heritage. Right, right. It's a beautiful story. It reminded me when I was growing up because in Malaysia, we are so diverse, but we have people that celebrate, obviously, Christmas and the uh, uh, Muslim holidays, as well as the Indian, the, the Babali, and and so forth. So, as friends, we, as kids, you know, we are more focus on the food. <laughs> so we would enjoy going to different people's houses, and of course, their moms uh, welcoming us and can't wait for us to taste the special food during the holiday season, and it was fun. And, Putting yeah, everything it's a lot else of fun aside. To celebrate. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's fun to celebrate all the different holidays. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so it's really wonderful. Chapter four, Around the Table. And this story is interesting Bingo by Jill Burns. So this story occurred at Thanksgiving, but it fits in beautifully with Christmas mm-hmm. as well. Um, what happened was Jill, Jill Burns' mom was playing bingo, and she, there was this like, decorative table like an accent table that she really wanted to win um but this guy won the this prize instead at bingo and then the this gentleman who had won the table made an offer to jill's mother he said he was going to be alone for thanksgiving and he had actually heard her talking about the big thanksgiving that she was planning (laughs) he said he would give her this table if she invited him for thanksgiving and so Jill's mother said, oh, my gosh, of course you could come for our Thanksgiving, and you don't have to give me the table. Just please be our guest. But, of course, he insisted that she have the table anyway. Well, this man was charming and funny <laughs> and fit in beautifully at their Thanksgiving, and they invited him for every Thanksgiving after that. And he came to their Thanksgivings and their Christmases and many other special <laughs> occasions for many years after that. <laughs> I think I need to go to a bingo game and see if I could do something like that. <laughs> yeah, score an invitation to some, and then you'll become a member of some other family, which you did at with all of your different mothers. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> Chapter five, getting creative. And this is really funny. Tacky and Wacky by Crescent Lomonaco. So Crescent is actually one of our editors. She's one of the people who reads our stories and, you know, and <laughs> grades them so that I can make the selection for which ones are going to go in our books. Anyway, she comes from a family that includes lots of men. And as she says, not much good taste when it comes to clothing. <laughs> and so their family tradition is that the men give each other the tackiest, craziest T-shirts possible for Christmas each year. And finally, after decades of watching their men open these awful T-shirt gifts each Christmas, the women in the family said that enough was enough, and they bought really nice sweaters for each man. Not tacky Christmas sweaters, but nice Christmas sweaters. And they wrapped them all up, you know, 
Well, little did they know the men heard about this. The men had secretly, (laughs) carefully unwrapped each gift and had inserted a tacky T-shirt in the box with the nice sweater. So when they went to open up the gifts on Christmas Day, the men got their lovely sweaters that the women had picked out for them. But they still each got a really tacky, wacky T-shirt as well. So I thought that was really funny. It is. I mean, it's kind of fun. But then what's the beauty of it, I guess, is the engagement that you have, I guess, with the men and women, if that makes sense, what I'm saying. Because usually it's like a gift is a gift. You know, it's like, okay, you don't know about it. But this uh, this whole thing makes it fun. <laughs> yes, because all the men were in on it. All the women were in on it. And so right. it became a real group activity. Yes, Precisely. that is fun when, when creating the presence is a group activity. Right, so true. Chapter 6, The Joy of Giving. Love this chapter. The story I like is Sweet Gift by Jessica Marie Baumgartner. So she was walking to her friend's office to bring him and a few other people some holiday cookies. And as she approached her friend's office building, this homeless man asked her if she had any spare change. And she was pretty broke at that time, so she didn't even have any money on her. But she just handed him the plate of cookies. And he was thrilled. And he went, cookies. He was so excited. And he said, God bless you. Thank you so much. And she felt like they were old friends all of a sudden because of his joy (laughs) over the cookies. Well, anyway, after she shared those cookies, a new tradition began for her. Every holiday season, she baked extra cookies, put them in bags, and drove around looking for people who were homeless so she could give the cookies to them. Then she got married, and her husband joined her in this practice. And he said, well, I don't know how to talk to them. And Jessica said, just smile and wish them well. That's what I do. It'll be fine. And she found a lot of veterans who she's given cookies to. Eventually, her husband said that they should give something more substantial, like sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So now what they do is they give them fruitcake filled with nuts and fruits, which is more nutritious <laughs> than cookies. Um, so anyway, that's her holiday tradition now, and it's something that's very meaningful to her and, of course, a wonderful thing for the recipient of her special fruit-filled you know, <laughs> Christmas cakes. It's just a beautiful story. And, again, it's very, very interesting about the smile because it is – a handshake that just seldom refused. You make connections that way. Yes, she immediately felt connected to this guy when he said, cookies! <laughs> Do you have a story that you like in this chapter? Well, there's another story from somebody who also was very low on cash but wanted to mm-hmm. share some sustenance with people. And so um, there's a story by B.J. Carmen. As she was a fairly new widow, she was out of work, and she was sharing a home with her son and grandson. And they went to this wonderful family dinner on Christmas Eve, and they watched the kids open their gifts, and it was all wonderful. But BJ felt bad because she didn't have anything to give her grandson. And then when, I, when they got home, her son said to her, how long does it take to make a pot of soup? 
And VJ said, well, it only will take about 30 minutes to make some potato soup. And he said, why don't we take some soup and coffee downtown uh, and give them out to some of the homeless folks who are down there? So they did that. They made coffee. They made a sausage potato soup. And they went downtown and delivered the coffee and soup to about a dozen people before they ran out. And then they returned home feeling the true spirit of Christmas. And BJ was no longer concerned that she had nothing to give to her grandson because that evening out giving to those homeless people was all of the gifts that her grandson needed. You know, he got a wonderful, warm feeling from doing that. And so that was, I thought, a really nice story. It's a beautiful story. And that's a classic example of looking through the lens of love. It's about others. And this chapter covers it perfectly, the joy of giving. When you're focusing on contributing to someone else's happiness, you feel happy. Just like that. Yeah, absolutely. So true. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast, available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Teachers Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, MixCloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hot Pop. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for a Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for Today is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Our kitchen table conversation is about their latest holiday release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Magic of Christmas, 101 Tales of Holiday Joy, Love, and Gratitude. Amy, Chapter 7, Family Fun. This is beautiful. Perfect, The Perfect Ornament by Victor Cattado. So this is a good reminder that if somebody says, oh, I just don't want to do Christmas this year. I don't have it in me. And often people will say that after experiencing a loss. Mm -hmm. Um, You might just want to go ahead and bring them some Christmas spirit anyway and see if they actually will welcome it. Because I see stories all the time when somebody said, oh, you know, I don't want to do Christmas this year. I'm not going to decorate. I'm not going to do anything. And then they actually really welcome it. They just didn't know they were going to welcome it. And so that's what happened with Victor's mom. Um, She just wasn't feeling the Christmas spirit. She and her husband had just moved from their house into an apartment in a senior community. So they were already feeling kind of down because they weren't in their house anymore. And on top of that, Victor, her only child, was getting divorced. And so she didn't even put up a tree. She just found little joy in the season. And Victor thought that she just sounded so heartbreakingly defeated. And his son, Max, wasn't happy about this at all. And so when they were shopping for their own Christmas tree, he said that they should just get one for his grandparents anyway. And it turned out it was very much the right thing to do. And It turned out that um, Victor's mother said the tree was perfect. And she even used this photo ornament of her with her grandson (laughs) as her tree topper. And so I just thought that was a really good reminder to just go ahead and impose the Christmas spirit on somebody anyway, because chances are they will actually welcome it. Yes. Yes. It's really wonderful. Uh, When I read the story, what, got to me was the the senior community and so forth. And you're right in terms of, especially when you go through certain things in life and you're thinking about 
how would that uh, reaction, I guess, you know, from and from what you're wanting to do and so forth. This past Thanksgiving, actually, I spent the morning uh, teaching my body in rhythm motion hour class to a memory care facility in Dallas. And they had a good time. I had a good time in celebrating Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, it's something totally different, and it was kind of fun. And it's again, it's about the unless you try it, nobody knows what will happen, right? And so that's the beauty of it. Chapter 8, Through the Eyes of a Child, Natural Giver by Sherry Negus. So I like this story a lot because it reminds us that children are naturally givers. Mm -hmm. They're not greedy little things. Children want to give also. And sometimes people sour on Christmas and they think children just want gifts. (laughs) But it's not true. Children are generous. And right. you know, and 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 have that Christmas spirit also. So, in this case, um, Sherry tells us in her story that she was working three jobs to support herself and her son Cabe, and she actually went and got this secondhand tricycle that she was refurbishing for him at night when he was asleep. She had to sand it down. She had to give it a new paint job. She had to put new pedals on it. She worked on this tricycle every night after Cade went to bed. And by the time she finished, it looked brand new. So on Christmas morning, Cade saw his gifts from Santa and his mom. And the big hit was the tricycle. And he hopped on it and he rode it around inside the house. He was absolutely thrilled. But then he turned to his mom. And he said that his friend's family was very poor weren't going to have any presents at Christmas. And so he asked if it would be okay if he gave his tricycle to his friend because his friend was so poor. And Sherry just couldn't believe, like, how generous he was. (laughs) And she says that was her best Christmas ever. It's beautiful. It really is. It's about the power of giving in so many ways because she spent all the time creating something beautiful because it's not just about buying it off the store and giving it. It's you put your sweat and and then to see that sort of permeate in a very special way, I mean, through the eyes of a child. That's just amazing. Unselfishness. Chapter 9, The Perfect Gift, My Mother's Everlasting Gift by Susan Landroff. So, I thought this was really moving, and I think this story will resonate with people who have lost a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, Susan had gotten a Christmas gift from her mother. It was this shirt that was too bright and too tight, at least according to Susan's taste. And, but she never got around to returning the gift, and so it sat in the back of her closet in the box that her mother had given it to her in. And her mother had died during the summer. So this was going to be Susan's first Christmas without her mother. She found this gift from the prior Christmas. And her mother had packed this shirt in a box that had actually held her mother's favorite perfume, so it still smelled of the perfume. So she was so thrilled to find this box that smelled of her mother's perfume with this last gift that her mother had given to her. And she says that now 
she takes that box out every Christmas because, and she opens it because when she opens that box, she becomes someone's daughter again. So I thought that was really heartwarming. It is. It's a beautiful story. When I read that, it reminded me, you know, I haven't seen my mom for eight years for the first time when I came to the United States and then she came to visit me. One of the things that she brought me was a wallet, my dad's wallet, to give it to me. And believe it or not, you know, now you can't hardly buy a wallet that's made in USA, right? <laughs> Everything is made in Asia or somewhere else. But believe it or not, at the time when my dad bought that wallet, ironically, in Malaysia, it was made in USA. It was made from genuine leather. And my dad passed away after I got uh, to the United States. But eight, seven years later, my mom came and visited me for the first time. I didn't even think about anything. And she brought me my dad's wallet. And guess what? So today, I still have that wallet that I use rather than any new ones. And it's kind of beat up pretty bad, but I'm still using it because this is a very special gift that I have. So I really resonate with that perfect gift story. Yeah. Chapter 10. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that, that makes total sense. I mean, my father just died and I have his two mm. hats and I'm wondering what to do with wow. them. Right now mm. I have them on a hat rack, you mm. know, because yeah. they were like his, his, his trademark was wearing hats even inside the memory unit where he was because once he left his room, in his opinion, he was going outside and a yeah. gentleman always wore a hat. So yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So it's it's amazing. I love all the stories I'm telling you. It, it just really, for the first time, I really connect with a lot of them uh, in many different ways, and I'm so excited about that. Chapter 10, The Spirit of the Season, Almost Stolen by... Lindsay Tasita Tasico. So, Lindy and her fiance couldn't go to her family's Christmas. This was a couple of years ago at the height of the pandemic. Um, they couldn't go to their family's Christmas because they weren't able to quarantine prior to Christmas because they were essential workers. And remember, now it seems like ancient history, right? But remember. <laughs> But two years ago, you had to quarantine yeah. for two weeks before you could see family members. Yeah. So, so Lindy and her fiance um, just had a casual meal and open gifts at the end of the day. And then they both had to work New Year's Eve as well, but they were able to go out for dinner at a nice restaurant, just the two of them. And then the next day, Lindy noticed on social media all these negative posts from her friends who said they were saying goodbye to a horrible and awful year. And she felt like somebody was trying to steal all the good feelings she had about the past year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She'd gotten engaged during that year. She pursued her training to become a nurse. Her family members were all healthy. She had a job. Despite the social isolation, it had been a great year. And so she just was pointing out that people got so negative. And in her case, she found plenty to be grateful for, despite the fact that she and her fiance, you know, had this little isolated Christmas and New Year's when they couldn't be with family. Uh, she had the right attitude. She looked past that and saw what she should be grateful for anyway. Right. That's a beautiful sort of 
I mean, when you look at life, there's all these challenges. So the choice is, what do you focus on? The good stuff or the negative stuff? And that pretty much sums it up from that perspective, you know. So that's why I really like it in terms of the spirit of the season, so to speak. What is the story that you really like in Chapter 11? So this is an interesting one. This is about Mm -hmm. um, Christmas cards. And the story is by Claudia Irene Scott. And she makes a very good point about the value of holding on to Christmas cards. And she said that this started when she got a really cute card from her friend Peg, and she decided to use it as part of her holiday decor. So that card got saved at the end of the season, even though she threw away the other Christmas cards. And then her friend Peg died. And so when she took out her Christmas decorations the next year, she found that card from Peg, and she was so glad that she still had it. And that's when she decided that from then on, she would keep her Christmas cards each year so that if somebody died during that year, she would have their last Christmas card. So now that's what she does. If somebody dies during the year after Christmas, she moves that card that she's held on to to a special mm-hmm. basket. And now she has 17 cards in her special basket from people who have died over the past 20 years. Wow. And she says that when she puts away the basket each December, she reads each card in the basket again, and she thinks about what that person meant to her. And she says it's her favorite Christmas ritual. That's beautiful. That's really inspiring and beautiful. Very strong. Besides this book, what other chicken soup products will make wonderful gifts for this holiday season? Well, we have that very funny book out that you and I already talked about, (laughs) Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Wonderful Wacky Family. Yes. It's just such a fun book. And you can find it at Walmart, again, hiding on one of those lower shelves where you have to bend down to see it. You can tell I'm a little frustrated about that. Please bend down, do your your bend and look down and you'll find our book. Um, And it's at, you know, Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. and Amazon and other places you can buy Christmas books and uh, uh, buy books also. But that's a really fun holiday gift, right? To hand somebody mm-hmm. a book called My Wonderful <laughs> Wacky Family because everybody <laughs> thinks they have a wonderful wacky family. We also have a beautiful devotionals book out, and a lot of people make you know a New Year's resolution right. to do a devotional every day. And I know you talked to Susan Heim about that book. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we have that beautiful devotionals book out. Uh, it's a hardcover, gorgeous cover, and um, that would make a great gift for a mother or grandmother. And then outside of our book business, in our pet food business, mm-hmm. we have really wonderful dog treats. In fact, I was at a friend's house a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. she opened up her pantry, and she showed me that she had bought all the different Chicken Soup for the Soul dog treats. There's like oh. six, there's there's like all kinds of there's cookies and and sticks. There all all these great things that dogs love. So the Chicken Soup <laughs> for the Soul dog treats would make a great holiday gift as well. Um, so those are a few ideas. Oh, that's really cute. That's really wonderful. Can you give us a preview of 
what we can expect from chicken soup in 2023. Well, in January, we have our next book of dog stories coming out. Um, <laughs> it's called Lessons Learned from My Dog. And the stories are terrific. I had so much fun putting that book together. <laughs> and then in February, we have Lessons Learned from My Cat. And even though I'm allergic to cats, so I don't have a cat, I really enjoyed that book also. The stories are terrific. And then in March, we have coming out a book I'm working on right now. Um, I think it's called The Advice That Changed My Life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then in April, we have another humor book coming out, and it's called Well, That Was Funny. So we have a really nice lineup (laughs) for the first four months. Yeah, so, so that's what's coming out. Fantastic. That's really wonderful. Well, it's the holiday season, so what wonderful recipes for living would you like to share with our listeners today? So I think in, in you know, the almost 15 years I've been doing Chicken Soup for the Soul books, mm-hmm. I've really come to understand what works for people and what helps them to have, you know, a more contented, peaceful happy life and it boils down to two key factors one is gratitude and one is forgiveness Mm -hmm. and i think that those two things can be so helpful as you're going through the holiday season using the power of gratitude to remind yourself of everything that's good in your life even though you might be approaching the holidays with some thinking about what you're lacking in your life, but there's always yeah. way more to be thankful for than there is to, you know, be disappointed by. And then forgiveness, I think is incredibly important, especially when people are getting together with family members or other people who they might not see all the time and where there's like a little collection of resentments and disappointments and anger that has built up. And I, I think that, Probably the thing I've learned most from 15 years of doing Chicken Soup Mm -hmm. for the Soul is how to use the power of forgiveness. And then we did a, we had a story years ago from a woman who was going through a divorce and in her like divorce support group, they had a counselor who said to them, did you try your hardest in your marriage? And this woman said, yeah, I tried my hardest in my marriage. And then this, counselor said, okay, now say that your spouse tried his hardest in your marriage and nobody wanted to say it. And then this woman realized, but of course he did. He tried just as hard in the marriage as I tried. We just failed. And once she realized that he had tried and just failed, she could forgive him and stop being so resentful. And if you can approach whatever the failings are in your family members, with that new attitude, you know, the attitude Mm -hmm. is it's not that you aren't trying, you just suck at this, right? It's basically that (laughs) you approach. If you have that attitude that, okay, this person who's driving me crazy, who I don't even want to see at Christmas, who's done all these (laughs) things to me. If you redefine it as he tried his best or she tried her best and they're just not good at this. Right. Then you stop being resentful and you stop taking it personally. So that, those are my rest. Those are my ingredients for a recipe for living: gratitude and forgiveness. It's beautiful, Amy. 
it's totally beautiful. I totally agree with you in terms of that because that's looking through the lens of love and most importantly, understanding that the other person love or do whatever they do the best way they know how. And likewise, we're in the same position. And sometimes it just doesn't quite match or align up, so to speak. So, Amy, thank you for the two beautiful recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in two weeks, Wednesday morning, December 14th at 10 a.m. Central Time, U.S. Continuing with our holiday family experience, my guest will be Robert Atkinson, Ph.D. Robert is the founder of One Planet Peace Forum and Professor Emeritus at the University of Southern Maine. He is an award-winning author, educator, and developmental psychologist. His PhD is in cross-cultural human development from the University of Pennsylvania with a postdoctorate fellowship in adolescent development from the University of Chicago. He is also the founder and director of StoryCommons.org. Robert and I will be having a conversation about his remarkable life's journey and his latest book, A New Story of Wholeness, an experiential guide for connecting the human family. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a very blessed week. As always, Amy, it's been a true pleasure, a very Merry Christmas, and much blessings to you and everyone at Chicken Soup. Oh, thank you so much, and to you and yours as well. Thank you. Bye-bye.